0: If you have your Bible tonight, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah 48. So far in our studies here in Isaiah, we've learned that there is rest for God's people, rest for all who put their trust in Him, because He gives hope to His people. And hope leads to rest. He makes himself known to his people, and knowing God leads to rest. He gives his own presence, and knowing that God is present and near, we've heard that tonight, knowing that leads to rest. We've also seen that he redeems those who are, who are his own, being redeemed by God. What a precious gift, and that gives us rest. And He shows His own people that their future is completely in His hands. We've heard that tonight, too, in your praises. It's so good to have that assurance that my future is in God's hands. My future is in the Creator's hands. That gives us rest. As we come to chapter 48 this evening, I want you to see that there is rest for God's people Because God reassures His people. God reassures His people. There are times when we need to be reassured, not because God has failed in some way, but because we've been wandering from the truth, and when we come back, He needs to reassure us. It's our need that's being fulfilled, not His need. But God reassures His people, and that leads to rest. So let's start by reading the text, and I want you to go with me to verse 14. Look at Isaiah 48, beginning at verse 14. Reading from the English Standard Version tonight, Assemble, all of you, and listen. It's a good place to start, a sermon, isn't it? Good good place to start when we open God's Word. Assemble, all of you, and listen. Here's what we're to listen to. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon, and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him, and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me. Hear this from the beginning. I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and His Spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand, and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. Go out, says verse 20, go out from Babylon, flee from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed His servant, Jacob. They did not thirst when He led them through the desert. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked." I love that there in verse 20. The Lord has redeemed His servant Jacob. It's a shout of praise. It's, a, it's an I thank God for moment. So when you find yourself in the middle of severe difficulty, it's easy to think that you can't possibly go any further. Have you been there? You find yourself in the middle of a hardship or difficulty, and you think, I can't take any more of this or I can't go any further, or I see no way out. It's times like that when you need to be reminded that God has not stopped working on your behalf. I've been there. I find myself there at times, and I need to be reminded from God's Word that God has not stopped working on my behalf. God is still there. It's especially during these times of difficulty, the one in which we can't see the end. And you're looking, you're trying to find the end, and you're thinking, soon? Will the end come soon? It's especially important during those times that you need reassurance from the Lord. That's why I say often, and I'll say it often, again and again, you need to read God's Word. You need to hide God's Word in your heart so that the Spirit can reach into your life and bring the reminder of the Word, the teaching of the Word, the preaching of the Word, as you preach the Word to yourself, as you remind yourself, even correct yourself when you're in need of reassurance from God. Uh, for followers of Jesus to keep moving forward on the path that God has laid out for us, we need, we need the constant reassurance that God is walking with us. And we get that in His Word. That's why we need to treasure the Word. We need to hide God's Word in our hearts, not only so that we might not sin against Him, but but so that we will be reassured when we begin to doubt or wonder, what's going on? Is God there? Does He care? Does He know about what I'm going through? Oh, you can rest assured, and God is all about assuring, assuring you that He is beside you. He is with you. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, He is in you. Praise God. And He, you need to know this, and I need to know this, that He is in complete control. So the text we're looking at tonight is a reminder that we have the reassurance of God that we need daily. And as we look closer, I want you to begin to see here And let this passage remind you and encourage you and assure you that God has not left you to fend for yourselves. God has not left me to fend for myself. In fact, He's the most powerful part of our relationship. You have a relationship with God? The power comes from God, not from you. We're reminded of that often, and we begin to wonder what's going on when we forget, and we need these reassurances. So, in fact, it's here in the Bible we're given the reassurance that God is the one who gives us His blessings when we follow His Word. God loves to bless His people when they follow His Word. I want you to note first that God does not speak in riddles, but He speaks clearly and plainly. We can thank God for that. We can praise God for the Bibles that we hold in our hands and the translators that have gone before us to help us understand the original manuscripts. Think about that. The one true God speaks to us from His Word. God makes Himself known to us. What a precious gift that is. And He gives all believers in Jesus today His Holy Spirit to dwell in them. And then He calls His children to walk walk with him to walk with him with the word and to talk to him in prayer so we can have personal relationship with the one true god who is not silent he does speak to us he speaks to us through the pages of our bibles not so the gods of this world and when i say gods i mean little gods that don't exist uh, but but we uh, we can get caught up into this as believers we can set up little gods that are more important to us than the one true god and the world around us is busy doing that not so the gods of this world that people set up for themselves they are not personal they cannot speak you cannot have a personal relationship with them with those homemade idols When you think about the people of Israel, we see in the text here, the people of Israel were in danger of forgetting this. They needed to be reminded, like we often do. They needed to be reassured that God is there, that He is in control, like we often need to be reassured. So note verse 14 when we hear there. Look at verse 14 again. Assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? So, God is challenging His beloved people Israel to take note and pay close attention to what the idols could not do and to pay attention to what He could do and did with them. Who is the God who speaks? It's not the little idols made by human hands that need to be carried around by those human hands. Who is the one who speaks? God Almighty speaks. Israel would do well to take note of this. We also would be wise to take note of this. We would do well to be wise and learn from this that we should follow the one true God. God is calling to His chosen people, follow me, follow me and you'll be blessed. I will care for your needs. Oh, we need to hear that. We need to follow the one true God who speaks to us, who makes Himself known to us. He is not hiding Himself. So when God makes Himself known, note how He tells Israel clearly that what He's done here. Note note we see it in the rest of verses 14 and 15. In the middle of verse 14, the Lord loves him. We'll just pause there for a moment. The Lord loves him. Note there that when it says the Lord loves him, that this is such a strong statement here that it really points to prophetic implications here that go beyond this pagan ruler Cyrus, who is being used as God's instrument. We saw Cyrus last Sunday evening in the text. We were introduced to him there. And here's this pagan ruler. And this, uh, this is kind of a strong statement You think, wow, the Lord loves him, this pagan ruler? We need to see here, and I think understand that there's some prophetic pointers here that point us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom God would send to redeem His people. Cyrus, yes, was being used as God's instrument to set God's chosen people free, to to return them to the promised land, and This passage is a really good pointer to the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, who is loved by God the Father and who would ultimately set all people who put their trust in Him free from sin. So pick up at verse 14 where we left off. He shall perform His purpose on Babylon, and His arm shall be against the Chaldeans speaking of Cyrus I even I have spoken and called him I have brought him and he will prosper in his way Who chose Cyrus God did God chose Cyrus God's the one who had chosen him this ruler we learned of in the previous chapter to be his ally in God's work remember this is God's work this is what God is seeing to and he is sending Cyrus to do the work. And God moved, get this, we noted this last week, God moved Isaiah to prophesy about this 150 years before Cyrus was born. I said it last week, I'll say it again, powerful evidence for the Word of God being true. This prophecy of Cyrus, 150 years before he was born. So God chooses to use a pagan ruler to accomplish His own purposes. And this is a powerful encouragement to me. I ought to encourage you when you wonder, is God in control? God can use a pagan ruler to do what He wants to do. And He can use a pagan ruler in the day in which we live. Whatever we call them, whatever whatever title they hold, they they are putty in God's hands, whatever He chooses to do. So God chooses to use this pagan ruler, and He's going to accomplish God's purposes. God is absolutely in charge of the universe we need to know that so that we will know rest as we hear god's reassurances that he is in charge god can use anyone to fulfill his plans and god had chosen to use this pagan ruler to help him for one thing destroy babylon and for another to send his chosen people back to the promised land And note here why Cyrus would succeed in this mission. You see it there in verses 14 and 15? Why would he succeed? Because God had chosen him. Why would he succeed? Because God was sending him. And God was going to be with him to accomplish God's purposes. What and whom can God use to fulfill his plans is the the reminder for us. What and whom? Anything and anyone God can use to fulfill His plans. We ought never forget that. But when we do, let's be quick to remind ourselves. Why would Cyrus succeed on his mission? Because God had chosen him and was going with him. Now note in verse 16 that God speaks to us plainly. We noted a similar theme last week. Verse 16 says, Draw near to me, hear this. From the beginning I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. God does not speak audibly to us today. He's chosen not to. But He is not silent. God is not silent. If you have a Bible, you have God speaking to you. I think I've said it before. I love the little saying of the fellow who said, if you if you want to hear God speak, read the Bible. If you want to hear him speak out loud, read the Bible out loud. (laughs) That's a good thing, too. If you're if you if you want to do this alone, you might be less embarrassed than reading the, the Bible out loud in front of your family, unless you're around the dinner table and you read the Bible together. That's good. Read the Bible out loud. God speaks to us. He is not silent. He is not chosen. In the day in which we live to speak audibly, it does not mean that He cannot, but He has chosen to speak to us through the printed pages of His Word. And when you get to verse 18 in a moment, we'll see a reminder of why it's so important that we read and heed God's Word. It says there in verse 18, I skip ahead a little bit, Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Why? Because God blesses. He blesses His people when His people follow His commandments. We'll see that in a moment, but first let's note how God gives reassurance to His people. Look at the text starting at the middle of verse 16. And now the Lord God has sent me and His Spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. There's another prophetic pointer here to the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear it? And now the Lord God has sent me and His Spirit. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. It's precious to see these, these signposts in the Old Testament, these pointers pointers to Christ. God challenges his chosen people israel though and all of his believing children today with this the challenge is this you want to hear it it's it's the one your mom always gave you it's the one your dad probably gave you this is father's day so it was it was the one your dad gave you obey (laughs) obey God says, look, I'm speaking to you. I'm not silent. I'm not hiding myself. I'm not keeping secrets from you. It's clear what I expect. Obey. If God's chosen people would have obeyed then, God would have sent blessings. But they often disobeyed. You read of the Israelites and you think, my word, disobeying again? What in the world? They often disobeyed. And when they did, they missed out on God's rich blessings. How sad to think of all the blessings they missed out on because they were rebellious and stubborn. Oh, but that's us too, isn't it? Have you ever stopped to think about that? I wonder how many blessings I've missed because I was rebellious and stubborn. This is where I've often told my kids... Don't do what I did. Ask me how I know. Don't, don't do as I do. do. Do what I'm telling you. Ask me how I know this is the right way to go because I've gone the wrong way. How many blessings does God withhold from us because we choose to do our own thing? We think we're smarter than God's Word. But God is gracious. Isn't God gracious? We've heard that tonight too. I hear that in your praises, and I could tell you a time and time again of God's grace toward me and His patience toward my rebellion. God is gracious. So we sing, Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. God is gracious. If not for God's grace, we would not be here. We should recognize that as a blessing from God and thank Him that He allows us to be here. Not everyone sees that. and Not everyone stops to think, how foolish to rebel against God. God is in control. He rules over everything. Note how God describes Himself in verse 17 as the one who teaches you to profit. I think we need to understand this properly. I think it's a helpful translation that the NIV gives us here when it says, who teaches you what is best for you. And isn't that our God, our loving Heavenly Father, like a, like a good earthly father, only our Heavenly Father, a perfect father, but a good earthly father will teach you what's best for you. God was teaching Israel what was best for them. And He is gracious to teach us what is best for us and leads us in the way we should go. Let me ask you, will God ever lead us astray? God's ways will never lead us astray. God's Word will never lead us astray. He will never lead us astray. God... Will God ever mistreat us? Oh, no, how gracious God is. He may discipline us, but he will never mistreat us. And it's because he alone is the source of truth. He alone is the source of life. He alone is our true source of rest. And now we come to verses 18 and 19 where we see that God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. God will bless His chosen people, but the blessing could have come sooner if the people had obeyed His commandments sooner. Note how God's blessings are described here in verses uh, 18. we will look at verse 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Now, I have stood before in the middle of the Osabo River in northern Michigan. Norm, have you ever been in the Osabo River? Because you know where Grayling is, and it's right there. Um, Osabo River is a beautiful river, and there's a section of the river called the Holy Waters. There's nothing holy about it, other than the fact that that's, that's where the state stocks the trout. And it's catch and release only beautiful stretch of river and i had a friend who i said something about wanting to learn how to fly fish and he said let me take you so i brought my 12 dollars walmart fly rod and my fishing shirt i was a professional i had practiced out in the field by the house and when i brought my fly rod out he said you're not going to need that i was like we're going fishing he's not you can you can put it in the truck but you're not using that you're using my fly rod <laughs> he had a really nice fly rod took me to the river and i caught the tiniest little trout that day and he was excited for me i thought this is not much of a fish but he was like you caught a trout this is great i remember standing in the middle of the asaba river and saying how will you know when the fish are biting (laughs) and he said oh you'll know oh you'll know And, and i'm casting and i'm casting And then all of a sudden, all around me, I start to see the water kind of boil where the fish are coming to the surface, grabbing insects off the surface. And then I knew. And I started casting where I saw the water boiling. And I was like, oh, there's fish over there. And I cast over here and I finally caught a fish. I could have gone the whole day without catching a fish and could have stood in the middle of that river all day. It was beautiful, peaceful, serene, Calm, quiet, just a a wonderful place. It sounds crazy, right? But I had these wonderful waders on that, that my friend gave me to wear so I wouldn't be wet. And I'm standing in the middle of the river. It was a beautiful day. Now look at the text again. Verse 18. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. A river of blessings flowing around you, feeding your soul, giving you rest. Oh, that you would have paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. And your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Or, in my recent experience, like the waves of Lake Erie. We've had kids come and visit, and we take them to the lake and put our feet in the water, cold, Um but yesterday it was a little warmer than last week. And, uh, and those waves just keep coming in and coming in and coming in, and they just don't stop. They keep coming in. I love that sound. I could stand there all day. That's how God's blessings are described here. If we honor Him, He blesses They just keep coming in and coming in and coming in. God blesses Verse 19 describes God's blessings for obedience a third way. Israel's offspring would be like sand, innumerable, and their name would never be cut off or destroyed. Again, a beach reference. (laughs) Sand. Can you number it? Can you scoop up a handful and number it? This should remind us of the words of Jesus from John 14. Listen to verse 27 from John 14. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He's speaking to his disciples, and it's a lesson to all of his disciples today. The Lord gives peace when we pay attention to His commandments. The peace the Lord gives His children who are faithful to Him is nothing like what the world gives. What the world gives will never last. But the Lord's peace is like a peaceful river, like the nonstop waves of the sea and like innumerable grains of sand. Now note God's promise, provision, and care when God's people are quick to obey. Look at verses 20 and uh, 20 through 22 again. We saw last week the prophetic word was that Cyrus would release Israel to return to the promised land, so God is warning them here. And he's like a, a, uh, like a parent saying, uh, Obey, but not tomorrow. Obey right now. Look at verse 20. Go out from Babylon. Flee from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth and say, The Lord has redeemed His servant Jacob. They did not thirst when He led them through the deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. The lesson for Israel that God was preparing them For the time when Cyrus would send them back and he did not want them to become complacent in in slavery, in captivity. If you've been in the military before, you might feel like you've been in slavery or in captivity before. But you know what they provide? A place to sleep and meals to eat. And order. (laughs) They bring order into your life, whether you want it or not. I kind of wonder if what if that's what Israel dealt with in a way. You know, they had meals to eat, they had a place to sleep, and there was order. And yet God was saying, be careful. I'm going to send you out. Cyrus is going to send you back to the promised land. Go immediately. Do not dilly-dally. Do not be comfortable in slavery. Verse 22, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. That's serious, isn't it? So when should, we, when, when should we give our obedience to God? Immediately. Right now. Sooner and not later would be wise. That's what we're hearing here. When times are hard, when we need to obey God's Word, and that's all the time that we need to obey God's Word, but especially when things are difficult, we need to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep our eyes on His Word and take the next step of obedience. When times are hard, we need, our need is for obedience to God's Word. That is what will bring God's blessing and help. I can speak from example that there were times when, as a believer, I was rebelling against God, knowing what I should have done, doing my own thing, and I was miserable. And later realized, thank God for the misery, because it drove me back to Him. But God doesn't want us to get there. He doesn't want us to rebel. He wants us to obey quickly. And God will give His peace. And God will give His joy. God will give you wisdom for the next step as you continue to obey. And God will give you rest. When life is going smoothly, we need to obey then also. (laughs) We need to obey when when things are hard and difficult and pressing. And when things seem joy filled and, and light and enjoyable, we still need to obey. And when we do, His peace will be our peace. Because God is gracious to give rest to weary souls. The quicker we are to obey, the quicker we'll experience God's blessing, His wisdom, His help. And we have this constant reassurance from God's Word that when we trust in Him and obey Him, He is there. He will help. He will bless and He will give us rest. What a joy is ours to have a God who speaks, who loves us, who cares about us enough to warn us, to challenge us, to give us His wisdom, to to reveal Himself to us and then say, now obey, because there will be blessing that follows. And we can praise God for that.